0: Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, and I am so excited to have with me author and teacher um, Ruth Buzis. Buzis, how do I pronounce your last name? It's Buzis. Yay, Buzis. Yeah. And she's the author of Awaken Love, The Truth About Sex, that will transform your marriage. So we are going to have an awesome interview on the topic of sex, what God has to say about sex. And we'll just debunk the myths that you know men just want sex and women don't need sex or women don't want it. Um, and that, you know, if the if the man gives more emotional attention to the wife, then she'll want sex. And if, if the woman just has sex with the man, then that'll make their marriage more emotional. And that's all that they need. That's all that we need to do. And we're going to debunk all this stuff. And we're going to find out what does God actually have to say about sex. So
1: thank you, Ruth, so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, I always love to just talk straight about sex and what
0: God really wants. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about how you got into this topic, because um, you teach classes online and in person, and you also wrote the book as well.
1: Um, but how did you get into this topic? Yeah, so it was actually through my own transformation. I, I had a good marriage, but but I don't know that it was that intimate. It was it was a safe marriage. It was comfortable, and um, I did a study on Song of Songs, and it kind of just woke me up uh, several ways. It woke me up with my relationship with God, but also about my marriage. Mm. And and somehow I knew that finding the truth about sex was going to lead to greater intimacy. And so I went digging, reading all kinds of Christian books, secular books, um, blogs, and um, and it, God woke me up to the truth. I realized how many lies I'd believed. And started, I also started dealing with baggage and resentment that I had. I had conversations with my husband about that. And it changed our marriage. You know, we started talking about hard things because we were working on our sex life. We've never been the same. So, um, and then after about a year after my own transformation, I just felt like God just kept telling me I needed to share this with other people. And at that point, I I wasn't a teacher of anything. I wasn't a speaker. I wasn't an author. And so really out of obedience, I uh, invited some friends to my house to share what I learned. And I I wrote a six-week curriculum for us, and we went through it together. And by probably week three or four, women were lingering at the door to tell me how much their marriage had changed. So since that time, it's literally spread by word of mouth. And I've that was over 10 years ago now. I've taught over a thousand women in person that I've taken through class. Wow. And it's been an amazing journey of watching God work and change lives. I've seen miracles happen overnight. And then I wrote the book in 2018, and so that's been another great way to be able to reach women. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm honored and privileged that God has called me to this.
0: And we are grateful that you are doing it because I think not other not very many people would want to step out and talk about the topic of sex. So where would you like to start? Where do you think is kind of a good segue into kind of debunking some of these myths? around that men just want food, sex, and sex, and, you know, women don't want it. I mean, how how can we break these myths, and what does the Bible say about it? So I think there's a couple of
1: principles that we need to talk about first. One is that I don't want to just tell you that if you have more sex, it will make your marriage better, or it will create intimacy. That's not true. Because um, sometimes sex and marriage can be destructive, all the way from marital rape to a, a wife that's just laying there because she knows that she's supposed to satisfy her husband's needs. Yeah. And slowly being filled with resentment and bitterness mm. at going through the motions when she doesn't want to or doesn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. And so, um, the one thing I, I want you to understand right from the beginning is it's not just about having sex more often. Mm -hmm. It's about creating a sex life that is meaningful to both of you. And so that's, that's one thing I want you to understand. The second thing I think that really just overarching principle that is really biblical. It comes out of song of songs and song of songs is a a book of poetry in the middle of the Bible. And it's not always easy to understand. Uh, It's rarely preached on i think it's probably a book that feels quite scary to pastors Um, some pastors will preach on it as an allegory of god's love for us but if you read it it is obviously obviously also about a man and a woman in love Hmm. and their intimacy and it's very pretty graphic if you let your mind go there
0: yeah
1: but the thing that really strikes me is that when you pay attention to her role versus his role in this book, she expresses herself. She asks for what she wants. She's um, not timid. She's not afraid. She Mm -hmm. enjoys his body, looking at his body. Mm -hmm. And and she's very much unequal in this book. Wow. Um, And if you think about when this book was written 3,000 years ago, Culturally, women were not equals. They were in the background. They had few rights. And yet, in this book in the Bible about um, God's design for marriage and intimacy, within the marriage bed, she is portrayed as an equal with verses like, kiss me, kiss me, or let's go away to the vineyards and early in the morning there, I'll share my love with you where she's inviting them out to the vineyards early in the morning to have an outdoor adventure. Wow, and this is not about equality or about us being the same like we don't need to operate like men we are not men we are very different yeah Um, but it's about bringing ourselves to the marriage bed fully Mm -hmm. and in fact if we don't bring ourselves to the marriage bed fully i think that our husbands miss out on something we have things to show and to teach and help our husbands understand in the marriage bed that will make sex more full for them, too. Wow. You know, things like the importance of, of really slowing down during sex, about connecting, about staying present, about being more interested in discovering and exploration than just finding the magic formula to get to the finish line, Right just like we have things to learn from our husband. Maybe sometimes we need to stop thinking about the laundry or the to-do list or how much, uh, like maybe sometimes we need to just be a little more spontaneous and go and escape and play with our husband. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing for us in that moment. Right. Um, and, And so Song of Songs really sets the foundation as far as the roles of husbands and wives in the marriage bed.
0: What verse? What verses would you say would be good to kind of start with?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at first, the very first book in the in the book, she says to him, "Let him kiss me with the kiss of, the, of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine; pleasing is the fragrance of your perfume." Take me away with you. Let us hurry. That's that's the beginning of Song of Songs. Uh, another section in chapter seven uh let's see if i can find it here she says let's go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded if their blossoms have opened if the pomegranates are in blue there i will give you my love and so she's planning this outdoor adventure for them to go and and you know creatively connect early in the vineyards thing. and that's from verse 10 and 11 and 12 of chapter 7 Mm. There's a, a whole nother section where she admires his body, mm. his physical body, not like, Oh, I'm so thankful. He takes out the trash and he helps with the kids and he talks to me. She's like, no, like his arms are like, she's just admiring his physical body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so the, the whole book is eight short chapters mm-hmm. that Really, if you want to understand what God wants for you in your marriage bed, um, it, it, this is a great place to start, mm. to, to pay attention. To who is this woman and how does she operate? Who is this man? How do they interact with each other? There's one section where they just um, back and forth. They're they're affirming each other and saying what they love about each other. Wow. Like this battle of the, mm-hmm. um, you know, I... I Like, that's such a great cycle to get in, right? Where one of you is like, oh, you're so great about this. And the other one, oh, you're so great with this. Wow. So, yeah. So then
0: I feel like there's people listening that they're like, that's so wonderful, but how do I get there? You know, like, let's say we have, I mean, obviously you've worked with men and women who've been struggling and where the woman doesn't want it, or maybe she's Mm -hmm. had trauma in the past, And it just, her body just doesn't respond. Like how, where do we start if we're like, wow, I want that, but how do I get there?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that so many things have impacted us, especially as women, but also men. Mm -hmm. And, And so we have to realize that. And so you might start there, but to me, what makes more sense is to start with what does God want for us? Because sometimes we don't even recognize the lies Mm. until we realize what is God's truth. Like, it's been so culturally ingrained in us, Mm. the messages, right? Even the message that sex is more important to men. Well, we would just went to Song of Songs and it's telling me, no, it's actually supposed to be important to me as a woman, too. And so why isn't it? Mm. Okay. And it's not that our bodies operate the same. Our bodies are not necessarily supposed to have this, this physical urge of, oh well, I want sex. Right. But when you understand what God what God really designed sex for, and you begin to value it and you begin to prioritize it, and you begin to debunk some of the lies like, oh, my husband only wants sex because he has a physical urge. Um, then you can begin to embrace those truths of God. So let's talk a little bit about God's design for sex. Yeah. Is that okay. Yeah. Okay. So if we go back all the way back to Genesis. Some of the some of the verses about sex. The first one comes out of Genesis two twenty four, and it says, "For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh." Okay, and so sex is supposed to make us into one in marriage. Wow. So within a loving marriage, I'm, I'm going to give that disclaimer. Cool. Okay. Um, sex is supposed to make us into one. One of the most common things that read we read in marriage books is that men need to have sex in order to emotionally connect with their wife And women need to feel emotionally connected with their husband in order to have sex. And so we as wives, our tendency is to treat sex like um, frosting on top of the cake. It's the when everything is perfect and in line. When my husband has done everything to make me feel perfectly loved, um, then I can connect with him. And and I'm going to challenge that a little bit because um for one thing it it doesn't work very well because you know what came first the chicken or the egg who goes first the husband or the wife i I I don't don't. know
0: so before you or before we got on this recording
1: you said that it ends up being this bartering yeah yeah and it often feels like the the uh, the chapters in the marriage book often feel like that, as far as telling the husbands, "Well, if you just help around the house more, and if you just help with the kids and talk to your wife more, well, then of course she's going to be happy and give you sex, hmm. right?" And the yeah. same with the wives. If you just say,
0: "Okay, market. let's just have sex," give them, yeah, If can. you want your,
1: yeah, if if you want your husband to clean the garage, well, tell him, "Oh, honey, you clean the garage," and then after you're done, well, I'll meet you upstairs. Like it becomes this bartering thing,
0: mm. just,
1: just never helpful. I mean, God doesn't barter with us. Wow. I don't think we're supposed to barter with each other. Wow. And so, this idea that sex makes us into one, um, hmm. I really wrestled with this because I began to recognize that there were times when my husband would initiate sex that made absolutely no sense to me. We would be in disagreement. We would go to bed um, with it unresolved. Mm -hmm. And I was still laying there frustrated and like, how are we going to work this out? And pretty soon he's reaching for me Mm -hmm. to have sex. And I'm thinking like, how can you even think about that in a (laughs) moment like this? Are you kidding? And because I wrestled with this first, that sex is supposed to make us into one, I finally began to realize, you know, my husband is a kind, loving husband that would never do anything to hurt me or to use me. And in those moments, he was the same man. And my guess is that in those moments, he didn't know what to say to do to do, or to do to make things better. All he knew was that if we could just have sex, God would help to make us back into one. Oh wow yeah Yeah, right and and so it really turned my ideas about my husband now i don't know who your husband is Mm. and i think it's it's valid to question yourself who is my husband is he somebody that might use me or is he somebody that is kind and loving Mm. and if he's somebody that's kind and loving he's the same person when he initiates sex
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Um, and, and so it has taken, um, faith to press into this because mm-hmm. my natural inclination, like most women is that it's much easier to engage in sex when I'm feeling connected with my husband and, and things are running smoothly. That, that is my natural inclination, Yeah. but I want to press into something else that God has for me and Mm -hmm. so sometimes i've needed to pray and say um god my body's not there help me to trust you in this Mm -hmm. god help me to trust my husband in this help me to be open to this Mm -hmm. and and to literally pray and and it's been a huge shift for me and it's been a good shift Uh, Mm -hmm. god has expanded me to to live more fully because of it yeah i mean like what you're
0: saying is that sex isn't about our spouse it's Mm -hmm. about God yeah like if we're not having sex with our spouse we're like saying no to God like it has nothing to do I mean I shouldn't say it has nothing to do with our spouse but first and foremost is I mean this is kind of boggling my mind right now so um help me well I mean that's kind of what I'm hearing is that it is first and primarily a connection with God?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's this mysterious thing that God can do through sex. There are times I, I think many of us might recognize when you know we've when we've had really good sex with our spouse, and we think, "Wow!" <laughs> like we 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 begin to live life a little differently. We we're more joyful. We things come easier. I had a woman in class, she said, you know, I decided to just take you up on this this idea that sex will make you into one. And she said, my husband and I were arguing about finances. And and she said, let's go have sex. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um and so they did. And afterwards they still had to work through the finances. But it was easier because it, mm-hmm. because sex had helped put them back on the same team. Now I think this is one that we do have to be a little careful with mm-hmm. because there are husbands that use their wife that are not loving. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I don't know who your husband is. You have to look at right. who your husband is. Yeah,
0: um, I think this yeah, is I not think-
1: about just letting yourself be used hmm okay but I do think that there are
0: times when we have an amazing husband but mm-hmm. we're focusing on what he's yes. not doing and that we don't feel emotionally connected to him that we think that he's just trying to use us but the reality is he is a good guy yes Absolutely. and we're not recognizing
1: that he's a good guy Yes, absolutely. I I agree wholeheartedly. And I believe that a lot of lies play into this to make us believe that our husband is using us. Hmm. You know, things like the idea that men have no control when it comes to sex, that sex is the only thing that it's just, just this physical urge that they need to have satisfied every 72 hours. Right, right. Like all of these kinds of ideas play into our thoughts of how can you want sex now as if he just needs some physical release I I don't think that's true my husband and I teach men's classes once in a while and I ask the guys what is one thing you wish that your wife understood about you and often very often the men will answer I wish my wife understood that when I want sex it's not just about sex I just want to reconnect with her mm-hmm. okay now I-, I wish husbands were a little better, better at expressing that and, and right. even portraying yeah. that right mm-hmm. But but I think that's really how most of them feel mm-hmm. yeah I just think this is a huge truth. It is a, it is, sex is a powerful thing and it's a mysterious thing sometimes how it operates. Well, So I want to share something and this is, this is very
0: vulnerable, but I've had other friends tell me similar things. So I've shared it is that when there's, I've been to kind of different conferences across the country and I've had experiences where I'm in worship and I feel like God's presence is so strong Um, At times where I I could barely even stand up, it was so heavy. And I felt the same in my body Mm -hmm. that I did when I'm intimate with my husband.
1: Yeah. They actually say that some of the same hormones are released through corporate worship as during orgasm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) It is interesting. It's
0: really interesting. But to me, what you're saying, it's like it's breaking off all the lies and the shame around the topic of sex and really moving it into the purity and the beauty and the power that mm-hmm. God has designed it for us. And I feel like the world is like kind of stripped away this beauty and we need to come. This is why I love the title of your book. Cause it's just your, it's awakening this mm-hmm. love that God has designed for us. So what, what could you say about those who maybe don't have a good spouse or what would you, what would you say to somebody who maybe see so either they don't have a good spouse or they've had a lot of trauma? How, how do we kind of move through, I would say, get inner healing and counseling and, and then kind of move to that place where they kind of know your identity. But sometimes people think, Oh, if I have this trauma, I'm the problem. And my husband's good, but I'm the problem. Like how do we kind of navigate through some of these issues?
1: Well, I think the first thing is that I think God wants us to be sexually whole, regardless of whether our husband is healthy or not. And I think God wants us to do it for ourselves, not for our husbands. Amen. Wow, that's good. And and so regardless of where, whether you're married, where you are in your marriage, mm-hmm. who your husband is, whether um, you've been through trauma, sexual abuse, any of those things, don't go after it for your husband. Wow, that's good. Go after it for yourself. Wow, that's so good. Um, we are we are all sexually broken, and we all have stories of brokenness in our life. And God mm-hmm. wants us to be whole in this area of our life, just like any other area of our life. But often, we don't go after it in this area of our life. Um, that's part of class. Is week three, we have a time where... We literally each share part of our uh, our baggage. Mm. What's holding us back? It's good. Right. And we pray over each other and we minister to each other. Mm. Those things are rarely spoken out loud mm. and virtually never prayed over.
0: Right. Like, Hey, I've been sexually abused and I'm giving this to the Lord and let's pray over this Holy spirit. I come and, and heal these wounds. And it's like, it's it's getting it out. So there's no condemnation. I think when we don't get things out, then the enemy just has a hold on it. And what you're saying is it's just exposing it to God and saying, God, I have this trauma. I have this history, please come Mm -hmm. and heal it and help me to be whole the way that you designed me to be.
1: Yeah, and it's not just exposing it to God, because there's this difference mm. between, like, if we You're pray right. on our own, God, you take this from me, you That's make me good. well, right? There's That's what we do. Between that Yeah, and having this safe group of women yeah. that are, like, speaking over you, God oh, sees wow. you, God loves you, God's been there from the beginning, God wow. wants you, like, and praying over you, and mm. having these women literally minister as the hands and feet of Jesus, mm. And there, I, I had one class where, you know, it was interesting. We went around the room we were about a third of the way around the room. And one of the women shared and she had a lot of physical um, challenges too. And she shared and I, and I kind of thought, okay, well, you know, thanks for sharing. We prayed for, her. we went a little further around the room. And then somebody shared about being date raped as a virgin uh, when she was doing a study abroad. And and we and she'd gone through a lot of healing, so she we kind of you know prayed for her, But she shared her story as a testimony of God's goodness, and um and then the other woman that had already shared, she finally opened up and she said, "Me too," and oh. she never ever told anybody else before. Wow. And so this woman was able to minister along with the the women, the rest of the women in the room. Mm. And can you imagine the chains that were broken that night when for the first time she shared what, you know, here she'd been this perfect virgin that had done everything right, supposedly. But nobody knew the way that somebody had wounded her, right, and taken oh. that from her. Wow. And I see it happen over and over in class that there's so much power in community and in ministering to each other. Yes. Yeah. We can't just do this isolated. Um, So
0: one last question before I'll have you kind of share about how people can Mm -hmm. find out about you um, and have you pray for our listeners as well. What happens spiritually when we don't go with God's design? So when we have sex before marriage, When we have, you know, sex with multiple partners, um, or even step into, you know, a lot of what we see today of, you know, non-monogamous relationships, polyamorous—I mean, in the therapy world, that is all over the place. Um, Obviously, they're—they're—I don't think they're Christian, but that it's still something that's happening. I—I'm just curious what happens spiritually, based on what you just said, the design of what God has for our bodies.
1: What happens? In the spirit. Yeah. Oh, let me say one thing first. And that is um, that no matter what line you cross, no matter what you've done, God can heal you and God can redeem that. And God can make you well and make you whole again. And God can give you an amazing sex life within marriage in his design. Okay. That needs to be said first because too often in the church, all we hear is that once you cross the lines or yeah. once you've done certain things, like you've ruined yourself, especially as women, we hear that. You know, yeah. it's the it's the youth group message of the flower, right. you take off the petals, and pretty soon you're yeah. all dead stem and there's nothing left. Right. <laughs> we start to believe this lie mm-hmm. that we are forever ruined, and that's mm-hmm. a lie. Wow. Okay. That's good. God came to make us white as snow. No matter what, okay, and so that's the first thing I want to say. You know, God, God has a design for sex and marriage that is beautiful, and and it is. Um, it doesn't make mar- sex and marriage easy. Mm-hmm. It still work to create a good, sex life in marriage, but it protects us from a lot of things that can make sex in marriage more challenging. Mm-hmm you know if sex is about getting to know each other well then if you're watching all kinds of porn and then you get married then then how do you know like do i want to do this because it's part of me or do i want to do this because i'm trying to recreate something that i've watched Mm, and it gets very confusing and i've i've had men in the men's class that have talked about you know I don't even know, like, do I want to do this because it's part of me or because I've seen it so many times and I'm trying to recreate this. And so it gets confusing. Or I've had men in the men's class that have talked about, you know what, before I got married, I I was with so many women. I, I don't even know what it means to intimately connect during sex because they literally kind of shut themselves down so that they could be with many different women and it didn't mean anything. And now they're with the one woman that they love Mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out how do I let sex actually help create intimacy rather than just having sex. And those are men. Okay. Um, And and so it's not just women. I I think we hear that more often that, Mm -hmm. that sex outside of marriage impacts women. But it does impact women. I've had the same thing with women. I had a woman that because of a past sexual abuse as a child, she became very promiscuous before marriage, had sex, enjoyed sex with many, many different people. And then she got married. And even though it was she was physically responsive, she said, it just doesn't feel intimate. I don't get it. Like, how how do I go there? And um, and I suspect that until she really came to terms with what she had experienced before marriage, until she grieved what had gone on, yeah, um, she couldn't allow herself to feel intimate during marriage. <laughs> hmm. So I I feel
0: like what you're like some of what I hear you saying is that. Yes, we are further away from God when we have sex outside of marriage. Like, yes, it pulls us away from God, but it also moves us away from who God designed us to be, like Mm -hmm. our identity with who we are in Christ. And so, again, it's not necessarily about the other person, but it's this identity with us. And so, when we feel further away from God, it's like we're further away from ourselves, which creates more confusion. Mm -hmm. And condemnation and that when we're able to then say, okay, God, I give this to you, you know, and we, I surrender this to you and, and we give our life to Jesus. He then can redeem all of that. And there can be a shift that happens where we come back to like, we're white as snow, you know, we're just, you know, just like in the throne room with God that all of those sins have been forgiven. And so even those of you who are listening right now, if you have a a really difficult past and you haven't given those to God, just give them to him. He forgives all of that. And he wants to align us back to actually have a healthy life with God uh, and a love, wonderful, healthy life with ourself and with our partner.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because it's so ingrained in our core. Um, because like, if you look at it, Ephesians 5 31 through 32, Right. It's talking about, i got to find it, and I'm going to read it to you. Is this, is this okay if I go here? Yep. Okay. Um, it talks about, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So becoming one in marriage. And then it shifts, and Paul says, this is a profound mystery, but I'm actually talking about Christ and the church. And so um, marriage and becoming one in marriage— Sex in marriage helps us understand intimacy with Christ. We were created, Hmm. we were created to deeply yearn for intimacy with our Creator, with God. Okay. God helps us understand what that is if we are married through marriage. A marriage is a metaphor for intimacy with God all throughout the Bible. Yes. Yeah, right. right. The throughout the Bible, it is. Yeah, and so it's ingrained in who we are physically. Hmm. It's ingrained in the core of our being to want to be intimate with one God, our Creator, but also to be to have this person that knows us better than any other person in the world. Is absolutely will never leave us, never forsake us, um, and and will love us just like we are, just Mm -hmm. like God does, right? And so that's our deepest yearning. And so when we go outside of God's boundaries and and goes chasing after these things that that it seems sparkly and good and Mm -hmm. satisfying, and they never really satisfy because deep down that's not really what we want. We want one person that knows us better than anybody else, that is absolutely committed and and that cherishes us just like we are because it helps us understand who God is. Hmm. Now our spouse will never do that perfectly, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. They won't. Um, but, But it gives us a taste of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is so good. Would you... For our listeners, Ruth. Yeah. Whenever yeah. you feel led, I mean, there's, yeah, just let Holy Spirit lead. And
1: okay. Um, Father God, I just thank you that you are good. Uh, that you are good. That you have planned for us. That you love us no matter where we're at, where we've been, where we're going. Um, God, I thank you that you created us, um, in your image even this crazy part of us called sexuality, God, is created in your image. And God, we have, so many of us have been so separate from our sexuality. It feels like something that is scary or foreign, that needs to either be repressed or that we can't control, God, and yet it is part of who you made us to be. And so, God, I just pray that you give us greater understanding of our sexuality, greater understanding of um, what it's about, what it's for, how to embrace our sexuality, how to feel whole on our sexuality, God, Um, how to use our sexuality to love um, our spouse, how to use our sexuality even at, at, I don't know as a as a way to kind of love ourselves, to say God, you know what you made me. I love all of me, not just certain parts of me. Yeah. And so God, um, I just pray today for eyes to be open, mm-hmm. to be heart for hearts to be open, um, and for hope to rise up, God. That things can be different. That things can be better things can be, um, that, that where there are chains, they can be broken, um, that you want us to experience freedom, that you want us to experience through sex and marriage, just a little taste of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, where they were naked and unashamed, where they could be totally free with each other and just explore God, I thank you even for the gift of pleasure that comes with sexuality. Um, the amazing, crazy ways um, that you created our body to experience such intense um, connection, God. And I pray that um, through through those intense. Um, connections, God, in, within marriage with sex. I, I pray that you help us understand a little bit of the kind of intimacy that you want with us, that you set us free, God, to worship in a way where, where we are not worried about what we look like or what we sound like, God, but it's just the two of us face to face. And so, God, I just thank you for, um, for your word, for how it speaks to us even today. I thank you for Song of Songs and the way that you give us such a clear messages about the roles of men and women in the marriage bed. And God, I just pray um, your guidance for each one of us as we continue to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much
0: for coming on. I know you do have some upcoming classes that our listeners could would love to find out about. Um, so tell them how they can get a hold of you
1: and be a part of one of your classes. Yeah, so my website is awaken-love.net. Um, and on the website, you can find information about classes. There are video classes you can take on your own, but I also really recommend um, that you dive into a group type of situation with classes. And so you can take a video class with friends. You can do it that way, which um, is really kind of a fun way to do it. You can take a class with me. Um, and then also on the website, uh, I'm just starting a podcast The podcast is there. And I do some one-on-one coaching and uh, there's lots of blogs to read. If you just want to get your feet wet, just by reading, you can also pick up my book on Amazon, Awaken uh, Love. And, um, and you can always email me if you have questions, just shoot me an email. It's ruth.awakenlove at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ruth. Yeah. Thanks, Heidi.
0: Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.